0: magic, and mythos. A deep dive into the history of magic with With two modern mages. Hi everyone. Hi. Hey, we're so excited to be back again. Yeah. Thanks for kicking it with us tonight. Number five. Number five. Yeah. It feels like we're really... I'm. I'm getting. I'm feeling getting better. Getting on a roll. We're getting on a roll. Yep. Working it. Figuring out the research piece. Yes. It's making me more and more excited. Every topic. Every new topic that we hit on. Because. Yeah. Because
1: you know, we. It's cool to like be like, oh yeah, I know this amount of stuff. Right. On this, and then you dig deeper and deeper, and you're like, oh my god, I didn't know this or oh I totally forgot this piece and it's just yeah it's exciting I love learning I love learning I love learning I love learning you know I always told people I was like man if someone could pay me to go to school that'd be a pretty cool career I know like more than a scholarship necessarily no no no, no. But I like, mean like it's pay my job good to go money to it's my job like to a go researcher to
0: yes Exactly. Not for me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, actually go to college. I wouldn't want to take the tests or do the papers, but like to go to college. And gather more information. Information In that like class setting.
0: Yeah. That seems like. With other people. Yeah. With other people. I love that. And and talking about it and discussing all of it. And we're both kind of on our way to do that right now, which is fun. (laughs) Yeah. Because you. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I've started. Well,
1: I will be starting a new on diva
0: Wait, yes. Tell (laughs) me more.
1: So I have just been looking for a new challenge and kind of exploring what's out there. And, you know, I took some coding classes a very long time ago at a community college and I remember enjoying them. Yeah. So I decided to do some studying on my own. And then after doing a little bit more studying on my own recently, I decided to join a coding academy.
0: Coding, like, computer language coding? Software
1: developing. Oh, my God. Software engineer.
0: You're a beast. Yeah, I'm I'm excited but scared
1: because it's... I mean, I work full-time and yeah. now it's also school full-time. Oh, but my But, hey, gosh. you know what? I know tons of other people who do it and... And I it, guess
0: that's better than binging Netflix all the time and ex- not that you also have time to do that all the time, but <laughs> yeah. kiss video games goodbye for a little while. A- exactly. Which is sad. I'm not going to tell you anything about Cyberpunk 2077.
1: <laughs> don't. I, don't. Please. I know. Oh, so it's excited. been a struggle, but I'm like clung at the skin to play yeah, know, that um, and so Valhalla.
0: Am- oh God. Amber, Amber's husband, David, and I work together at the same place and we will often take video game discussion breaks at work. Yeah, I don't watch trailers for new games. Oh. And Cyberpunk looks so good.
1: I know. I'm so. I'm just so excited, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's okay. Just a couple months, and then I'm I'm and gonna just. Scott you're, free. you're not even gonna see me anymore because I'm just gonna be, completely oh. just video game mode. <laughs>
0: We're like, Amber, I thought you finished classes like three months ago. And you're like, I did. I've just been playing battle all over. <laughs> it's like, you know, it just makes me think of
1: Portlandia when they start watching Battlestar Galactica. And, then and they just like never later. leave. Like their bills aren't paid. That, that flight's just, Yeah. So that's going to be me. But yeah, so I'm super excited. I'm in the pre-work phase right now. Cool. Yeah. And then I start the actual live classes online classes in the next couple weeks and I'm just super excited to try something yeah try something new be challenged a little bit yeah so yeah that's that's Pretty much what's going on with me. And I Good did you. you recently say you also signed up for some sort of class? Yeah,
0: I'm doing like a, I don't remember, six-week course. It's run by a local magic practitioner in the Oregon, Portland, Oregon area named Rain Crow. Oh, and the class okay. is called The Burning Times Never Ended. And so we'll be looking into resistance and, and I know there's going to be an element of how to Kind of dismantle the patriarchy, dismantle white supremacy, and as a white witch, I'm really curious about how I can be there in that and be be feel you know be helpful in that in the realm of magic and magic practices and not be taking away from practitioners of color and and leaving space for everyone and and that kind of thing. So I'm really curious to look into the history of resistance among women and witches and yeah you sent me you sent
1: me I remember you sent me the information and I read through it and it sounded amazing but unfortunately obviously with my work and my school I know <laughs> i was well, so upset I couldn't take it with you but hopefully you know she will have another round of it at some point
0: yeah I know she does classes around the wheel of the year so oh great okay yeah. perfect and I'll definitely of course be filling everyone in on the awesome things I'm gonna learn yes I've please. already just had us read a bunch of our articles and it reminded me as I was reading I came across a different article that mentioned it was kind of an aggressive play on on this idea of there are no rules in witchcraft or you can do whatever you want Mm. And and it was I remember like I read it I read the the title And I, of course, can't remember exactly what it is right now, but it was something along the lines of you can't do whatever you want. And I know that you and I have been sort of saying this idea of, you know, whatever feels right to you, there is no right way. And that's to a certain extent. It was it was it is. And I I was thinking we've never really explicitly said all of that within the sort of rules of witchcraft. Yeah, you're right. I don't think we've kind of delved into that. And, right. I, I, yeah. and that was kind of an assumption on our part that people would know that we're talking about that in with the parameters of... With certain parameters, yeah. Yeah. And, and ye harm none, do what ye will. Exactly. Which is basically I, saying... It,
1: it's like the the rule yeah the rule at least with white magic yeah with wiccanism yeah that's the rule and you know and the idea of not hexing people and things like that like not harming people because if you do then it's gonna come back threefold
0: yeah and i don't want that on me no so i'm not a hexer that freaks me out actually because i don't because I do think that. I do think that that, and you know, you can call it karmic energy or whatever. It's that same idea of the wheel of fortune. What goes around comes around. So be putting out the energy in the world that you want brought back to you.
1: I'm a true believer of that.
0: Yeah. So that's what we mean when we say whatever feels for right. you, Whatever feels right. It's always within the parameter of don't, don't yuck anybody's yums. Exactly. You know? That's all.
1: Yeah, I actually just, it's so funny. I follow this vegan Instagrammer. Her name is Tabitha Brown.
0: You would Tab. Oh my God. I love her. Oh, Fridays with
1: Tab and Chan? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Her little quote is always go on and have yourself a good day. But remember, if you can't, don't be going and ruin anyone else's. It's so true. I, I probably mucked that up. Oh. And, and she's so adorable she's the way brilliant. she's she's I just she's love beautiful. her. But yeah, she basically is like, hey, you know what? Go have a good day. But even if that's just Fridays. not ooh, Fridays, <laughs> I love it. Fridays, Fridays, um,
0: Fridays,
1: yeah. But even if you can't that day, that's fine. Just don't go mess in someone else's day. Yeah, that's all everyone. That random thought. But that just reminded me of that. She always oh, says she's that. I love her. She's just very good energy. Yes.
0: Mm Well, anyway. (laughs) Back to the topic at hand. Today.
1: Yeah, we're talking about Marie Laveau. Marie Laveau. And I just absolutely love her. Me too. I mean, talk about a badass hashtag boss woman of color. Okay, thought
0: you were gonna say a different (laughs) word. I was waiting for Well, you know what? That she's that too, a hashtag boss bitch. She is a hashtag boss bitch. Yes. And I don't think she'd have any qualms about us saying that. No. Oh, no. She might. I hope not. No.
1: It's, it's with the utmost respect. Absolutely. Utmost respect for her. You know, and I feel that you'd be pretty hard pressed to find someone who even knows like a little bit about New Orleans or voodoo and has not at least heard her name. Yeah, that's
0: super interesting because that has me thinking... I wonder tomorrow if I walk around and ask people if do they it. know who Marie Laveau is. I can't. In my brain, I'm like, of course everybody knows who that is. So yeah. that's, she's like the most famous of any magical person that I can think of. But I wonder, or I wonder if they're like, mm, I've heard of the name, but I don't know what she did or what she has to do with.
1: Exactly. I mean, shoot. Even if you're not interested in New Orleans and or voodoo, which and- I, I
0: I mean. Or
1: American Horror Story. Oh yeah, I was like, or I was like, you've at least maybe you've watched American Horror Story: Coven, season three, season three, my favorite, Angela Bassett. So you've had to have heard the name Marie Laveau. I mean, maybe you didn't know she was a real person. She was, and and sad note, Angela Bassett as Marie Laveau. I don't think you could get more perfection than that
0: yeah the, it was absolutely stunning casting
1: you speechless you can I could not I cannot think of a better actress and what is her secret like she never I know. ages I know oh like my can God. you just pass that over to me oh, I, she's I want so beautiful she's gorgeous and like I I, I mean she just never ages and she she's, just so, she's such a versatile
0: actor also I love her and I think she's married to Courtney B. Vance Who's really good in Lovecraft Country, if you all haven't oh, watched it? Oh,
1: such a good show. Oof. Such I mean, a good it's, show. Get it. Yeah, get, please get it. <laughs>
0: get it. I am just really, really grateful that we are allowing space for these stories right now because you know what? Black people in America have got some stories to tell. They do. And thank, thank, thank goodness we are opening space for them because that's finally some of the best media in the last like four years that I've ever seen.
1: I, I agree.
0: Especially in the horror realm. Oh my God.
1: I a hundred percent agree. And you know, it's annoying. It took this long, but yeah, I'm glad that it's finally happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's starting to happen at least. Yeah. And you know, we can only hope for it to push forward more and more. Totally. But yeah, I'm going to be thinking Anywho, about We diverge. <laughs> <laughs> so Marie Laveau, in case you did not know, was known as the Queen of Voodoo. And she was a Louisiana Creole free woman of color born in colonial New Orleans. So today's French Quarter. On September 10th, and the year is sometimes argued, but it's been deduced to 1801. So September, no, September 10th, Virgo, right? Virgo. Virgo, okay, makes sense. Organized. Organized. Business-minded.
0: Ambitious, love it.
1: So Creole, and I, I felt like I needed to bring this up, can be confusing sometimes. It has a lot of meanings. That word has a lot of
0: meanings. Creole. Yep, Creole. Mm. Really, and so, it's really good seasoning. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Love me a low country boil.
1: Ooh, yes. Mm. Your usual 4th of July.
0: Yeah, my birthday meal. Yep. Mm. So I thought I'd break it down a bit.
1: So during the early days of Louisiana, it was a descriptor for people that were descendant from French and Spanish ancestry, but actually born in the colony of Louisiana. Uh. So to distinguish them from, say, like immigrants that were born in France or Spain Uh and then moved over. Okay. And it also then came to be applied for African descended slaves and Native Americans that were also born in the colony. Wow. So again, the distinction here being that you were born in the colony versus being either immigrated or unfortunately, I hate to say this, imported. Yes. To Louisiana. Yeah. So that was the distinction. God, that's
0: fucked
1: up. Yeah. It's I hate. Yeah. It, it's a shitty piece of history, but it happened. It happened. And, you know, best thing to do is not deny that right can't forget it can't forget it yeah so still another class of creole or originates from the placage system in which white and creole men took on mixed race mistresses in a lifelong arrangement wow yeah even if the men were married or married later and these mistresses had rights properties their children could be
0: educated and they were even entitled to a part of the man's estate once he died that's fascinating Mm -hmm. that's a piece that i feel like i've Barely heard of in our in American history.
1: Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I feel like there is a lot of things that yeah are missed in history class and glossed over.
0: Exactly. I did not read that chapter in my history book.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am sure it did not exist in your history book. Yeah, one hundred percent. So back to Miss Laveau. She was actually the first of her maternal line to be born free. So both oh, wow. her, yeah. So both her grandmother, Catherine, and her mother, Marguerite, were born into slavery, unfortunately. Catherine, though, did eventually buy her freedom in 1795. And her mother, Marguerite, was manumitted in 1790. And manumitted is just a fancy word for set free by the owner. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. I was about to say that was some SAT vocab. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice. Word of the day. <laughs> Besides having many children with a Frenchman named. Henri, she also had a brief affair with Charles Laveau, and so he was a successful businessman of African and European descent. Her daughter, Marie Laveau, who we know as a future voodoo queen, was a result of this union. Great. There is historical evidence that suggests her great-grandmother was actually transported from Senegal in 1743. So Marie Laveau's background is believed to be a mixture of African, Senegalese, Native American, Choctaw Indian, and French descent. On August 4, 1819, Marie Laveau married Jacques Perry, a, f- a free quadroon carpenter from Saint-Domingue, which is now Haiti. Yeah, so the couple had two daughters, Felicity and Marie-Angélie Perry, who people presumed died, but basically disappeared from records in 1820. So, I wonder what happened. Yeah, it's weird. They so just disappeared. Yeah, and so was this, as well as Jacques Perry. Dying or disappearing around 1824, that kind
0: of like left mystery around. Oh my Marie god, Laveau. she's like the Carol Baskin of the 1800s. Oh, yes, nasty.
1: Yeah, so you have her two daughters disappearing, and then you have her husband disappearing, and thereafter, she's known as the Widow Paris. Oh, and she, that's where that comes from. Yes, but she actually, some people say she coined it herself. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Own your power, you know, exactly. So by 1826, she had entered a domestic partnership with a white man of noble French descent, Louis Christophe Dominique Dumini de Glapion. What? That's a mouthful. Yep. Had to make sure I was pronouncing that right. What do we what do we call him though? (laughs) We'll just call him Chuck. Chuck works. (laughs) We'll call him Chuck. Yeah, Chuck Chuck. works. (laughs) So Chuck, no, I'm just kidding. So that actually that domestic partnership lasted until he died, till 1855. So wow. they were together till till his death. Marie and Christophe had seven children together. That's a lot. I don't want that. I do and that and mind you, you're not remember, she had two previously. Nine total
0: children coming out of this body.
1: I just no doubt thing. it. I should have started
0: uh, way earlier.
1: No. No, no, no. But I guess I guess when you think about it. You know, back then, you have a very high mortality rate at birth. Yeah, that's and true. And so, I guess, higher chance of and maybe less birth control options. That, too. And also,
0: religion. That, too. Anyway. Yeah. So, it, it could have been
1: a, a multitudes of reasons, but, yeah, people tended to have more kids back then. Yeah. Of the seven, only Marie-Éloise Glapion, who was born in 1827, and Marie philomene glapion born in 1836 survived to adulthood wow. so out of the seven only again like we mentioned two. only two
0: jeez
1: so again that mortality rate back then that's wild so going back to after her first husband dies or disappears or who know what carol baskin yes yep though some people say that he might have even left her
0: Oh, left her. Like, I wonder if that's why she didn't get remarried to Glapion.
1: Yeah. Well, I know a part of that was also that it was not allowed. You couldn't legally. Uh, A European white person could not. Yeah. So there's that.
0: And that kept on going until what? The 60s, 70s? Yeah,
1: exactly. Nuts. So who knows? But. After that whole situation where he disappears or dies or whatever happens, she wanted to make sure she had stability for her family. So she actually begins working as a hairdresser, catering to the wealthy women of the neighborhood. She also had clients that were black house servants. And it was through these interactions that she was exposed to the personal information about her wealthy white clients. Yeah. So... All the gossip and the dirty secrets. Juicy deeds. Yeah, exactly. Some people say that she elicited this information by fear, but I don't know. It just doesn't fit. No, probably she was a
0: hairdresser.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't? I mean, here's the thing. Even today, we all, including myself, gab to the hairdresser. I mean, my hairdresser knows intimate details of my
0: life. Like worse than someone... coming across my journal or diary would be for them to be introduced to my hairdresser.
1: They've been <laughs> she, with could, me.
0: she could, yeah. She Shout could. out to my hairdresser from age 14 to 27, Robin Croy, Atlanta. Go see her. She's amazing. That woman knew so much about my life. Breakups. She could expose you. Heartache. She could, yeah. Ups oh, and downs. Lord, ups she was there. Down. I was sobbing in the chair, just having time of my life.
1: No, exactly. I feel that is the case today, even with, bartenders or nail salons you have the person you go to you build this relationship they start knowing all the intimate details of your life it's wild
0: yeah so yeah i don't think there was anything that is so that except listening happening it, exactly so that makes total sense and using this knowledge she would often
1: counsel her wealthy clientele in private matters and became a confidant right And so these women would go to her and seek counsel. And soon after, many wealthy and politically affluent individuals, both white and black, paid Laveau for personal advice or intervention in some situation and even protection against any evil energy that might have been placed against them. So
0: she was an extreme entrepreneur.
1: Exactly. Way to go. Make it work. You got the spells, you got the advice, you got the remove the hex, you got it covered all. She's she's got it. She, you have an ailment, she's got it covered. I love it. She was doing her, doing her damn thing. Exactly. This is really how she became renowned in her community. So mind you, Marie Laveau was actually born into Catholicism and was a devout Catholic her whole life. Wow. Yep. I mean, and I mean the whole nine yards. She was baptized, married, attended mass, and had her children baptized at St. Louis Cathedral. She served as godmother for her nephew and her granddaughter and paid for the education of a seven-year-old orphan boy at the Catholic Institution for Indigent Orphans.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I love the idea that that brings up of being able to integrate religion and spirituality and magical practice Because I often will hear people say, you know, what religion do you practice? And someone will say, oh, I don't believe in religion. I believe in spirituality. And some of that is so messy to me in terms of, like, where the lines are. For sure. And it's interesting and exciting to know that Marie Laveau was a devout Catholic on top of being the queen of voodoo.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And I think... It shows even more her kind of entrepreneurial skill because through that combination, she was able to make it more palatable for the Europeans at that time. Right.
0: Yeah. Fascinating.
1: Yeah. And so even though she was a devout Catholic, she was still also very interested in her mother's African heritage. Right. It was this interest. That got her into voodoo. She learned her craft from a voodoo doctor named John Bayou. Dr. John. Dr. John. She did not believe that voodoo and Catholicism were mutually exclusive. And so, yeah, exactly. And so she believed in and weaved both Catholic traditions and voodoo into her practice. Wow. Yeah. And so a little side note here. Voodoo as a religion system is actually derived from a spiritual practice from the historic Western African kingdom known as Dahomey. It's now known as Benin. And I think the most important thing to note here is that New Orleans voodoo is different from African voodoo. Uh, Yeah. So it's not the purest manifestation of the religion as it was known in Dahomey or as it's done in Haiti. Mm -hmm. Uh, But rather it's like amalgamation of original voodoo practices influenced by European law and the traditions of the prominent religion at the time, which of course was Catholicism.
0: Yeah, and I wonder how much influence Marie Laveau had on the religion in that area as a whole
1: yeah well that's well it was actually this combining of voodoo beliefs and catholic traditions like holy water and incense statues of the saints and christian prayers that she helped to make voodoo and hoodoo and just Uh in case you don't know what hoodoo is I don't please
0: I was about to ask
1: so hoodoo is basically the magical rituals associated with voodoo
0: oh so you're doing the hoodoo yes yes as you're practicing sing voodoo. voodoo exactly oh my god so you know you know who do the voodoo <laughs> you're who
1: doing the voodoo yeah you're who doing the voodooing no wait doing the hoodoo for the voodoo yes exactly who do you No, wait what that? what's that <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking of that song of that game it's like who do my voodoo bitch or i don't know <laughs> i always bring up random little things i know that's weird. i love it okay so as I was saying, <laughs> so she. It actually, like I said earlier, it made it more palatable or acceptable to the upper class New Orleans society, the
0: upper crust,
1: upper class, uh, the upper crust. Yeah, but that's that's
0: ingenious, right? Because right? that's where the money was coming in. Exactly, fascinating.
1: Um, so she quickly came to dominance as the voodoo queen of New Orleans. She began taking charge of like public voodoo rituals and ceremonies, as well as the dancing and worshiping that took place at Congo Square. Yeah. And that's pretty huge because at that time, in case you don't know, which I I mean, it's a big part of history. So but in case you don't know, during that time, New Orleans was very rigidly segregated. And right. so Congo Square is like a special place there and still is to this day because it was one of the few locations where people of different races could mix freely. Yeah. And so at that that's time right. that's massive. Yeah. That's huge. And so she ran other operations at the Maison Blanche, which is also known as the White House. It was built for like secret voodoo meetings and liaisons between white men and black women. She also made a good income by selling grigri, charms, magical powders, guaranteed to cure ailments, granting desires and confounding or destroying one's enemies. She also told fortunes, gave advice on love and prepared custom grigris for anyone needing to affect a cure, charm or hex. And so in case you don't know what a
0: grigri is,
1: it's an amulet originating in Africa, which is believed basically to protect the wearer from evil or bring luck.
0: Right. And they sell them all over New Orleans. (laughs) All over New Orleans. You will not have trouble
1: finding one there or getting a custom one made. Right. It was not long before she overthrew other voodoo queens of New Orleans. There's this story of one woman, and I cannot remember her name, so excuse me. I want to say it was maybe Rosie, but she comes and she tries to basically... Take Marie Laveau's title. And she comes and she kind of gains respect by putting this massive statue in her lawn that was actually from Africa. Wow. And so it was this kind of scary, fearful statue that she put on her lawn
0: and and, and it HOA ac- didn't call and say, Hey, we're gonna charge you if you don't <laughs> <laughs> <I> know. <right? laughs>
1: And so she puts the statue and she actually starts garnering fear and respect. And Marie Laveau's like, we ain't having none of this. Yeah. So she steals, Marie Laveau steals the statue. Sure does. And when they go to court, Marie is just so charming and maybe just has so many connections. I'm sure that's what that, it is. Exactly that the judge she, is
0: like you're not guilty and also can you cut my wife's hair yeah, later she, exactly
1: <laughs> and she got them to ban the statue and get it removed Amazing. so don't mess with miss Laveau. i won't i won't <laughs> oh
0: my god
1: yeah and so by most she was respected or seen as a living saint because she actually did a lot of humanitarian work she healed the sick. She was a nurse during yellow fever. Wow. She posted bail for free women of color. And she regularly erected altars in the cells of condemned prisoners and comforted them and prayed with them before they went to the gallows. Wow. Yeah. So oh, she did a lot of humanitarian work. Yeah.
0: Activist, feminist. the Priestess. Priestess. Queen. Mother Teresa of New Orleans. All of it. Mm. Wow.
1: Yeah. So, which is why I love her. I mean, especially at that time. Yeah, for sure. And and so people either respected her and most people did. Most people respected her. There were a few others who didn't, but they feared her still. So if it wasn't respect, it was fear for the power that she had. Right. And so around 1875, Marie Laveau does give her last performance and announces that she was going to retire. She continued to still do charitable work, and some say that she even still did readings at her okay. house. She died a peaceful death at her home on June fifteenth, eighteen eighty-one, only a few months short of her eightieth birthday. Wow! Yeah, so seventy-nine. Long life. Yeah, long life. Jeez. Her funeral was conducted by a priest of St. Louis Cathedral. Cemetery records do prove that she was actually interred in the widow Paris tomb in St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. Following her death, the New Orleans newspapers and even the New York Times published obituaries and remembrances for her.
0: Yeah. And I have it right here. Oh, one One of them. Yes. Read it, please. Okay. So the title is A Woman with a Wonderful History, Almost a Century Old, "'carried to the tomb yesterday evening. "'Those who have passed by the quaint old house on St. Anne, "'between Rampart and Burgundy streets "'with the high, frail-looking fence in the front "'over which a tree or two is visible, "'have noticed through the open gateway "'a decrepit old lady with snow-white hair "'and a smile of peace and contentment "'lighting up her golden features. "'For a few years past, "'she's been missed from her accustomed place. "'The feeble old lady lays upon her bed,' with her daughter and grandchildren around her ministering to her wants. Very sweet. So yes, buried Very in the sweet. family tomb yeah. in San Luis Cemetery number one. Yes. And in more recent years, I mean, the city of New Orleans clearly respects the shit out of her. Yes. And her continuing legacy. So in uh, according to gonola.com, there are four rules regarding Marie. One, respect her name. Thank you. Two, respect her city. Yes. Three respect her legacy, and four respect her kin. Yeah, easy enough, right? Easy,
1: easy enough.
0: And then in more recent years, thousands of tourists have visited Marie's tomb, leaving voodoo offerings of coins, Mardi Gras beads. I don't know why she. I want don't. That. Why would she need that? You get know. like ten thousand for a dollar, exactly. Candles, oils, other items, uh, and then carvings and writing X's that would stand for favors from the Voodoo Queen. So the tradition of of writing or carving these X's on her tomb says that if you want Laveau to grant you a wish, you draw an X, turn around three times, knock on the tomb, yell out your wish and if it was granted, you had to come back circle the X and leave Laveau an offering. So in addition to that offering, which might be any of those candles or oils mm-hmm. or coins, whatever people also leave pound cake over at the statue of Saint Expedite to hurry along the wishes to Marie Laveau so you just got like mm. piles of pound cake The birds are having a,
1: a day. They, they food oh God, for days
0: sure. and they're living the sweet life and uh diabetes so <laughs> the birds they, of new orleans have diabetes they all have pound cake induced diabetes <laughs> as i might one day also <laughs> and the only problem with this whole process is that it's uh, yeah. illegal i could too yeah that i was like desecrate mm, graves yes in new orleans and elsewhere yes and let's just not let's just not do that let's i mean not, i say that but i feel but, like
1: rule of thumb don't <laughs> m- desecrate exactly grapes. and
0: i read a story about one of my favorite bands the misfits trying to exhume her body after I did not, a concert in the early 90s and they were thusly arrested. I did not know that,
1: but also I'm not surprised. 100% not surprised.
0: Not and surprised. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to just pretend that it was like a Halloween show. I have no idea if that's true. I don't believe this. <laughs> you're just making, you're but like I, making this. I just intuited it. <laughs> yeah. It just makes sense. It was probably like April 3rd. So because of that and many, many other activities around her tomb. As of March 1st, 2015, there is no longer public access to the St. Louis Cemetery number one without a tour guide. So thanks everyone. Yeah. That that is fine. I've never been. I
1: okay, you haven't? Oh you oh my gosh. Okay. So I go every single time I visit New Orleans and I make it a point to visit that city as much as I can oh for sure it's the best it's the best it's a my American soul city I always say that 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 it is just it just has a special place in my heart and also in addition to it just being an incredible city with an incredible history yeah me and my husband got married there
0: oh yeah yeah so gorgeous wedding I wasn't invited it's fine we didn't know each other I know I would have been (laughs) you would have
1: so I was really fortunate because we got married in 2013 so I was able to 100
0: years ago my god I know right I'm
1: only 5000 years old Uh, so, yeah, I was really fortunate to be able to go visit her tomb the first time on my own and leave an offering, which was fantastic. Wow. I did not mark it because I just yeah. I'm not going to mess with that. I have too much respect for that lady or I just respect for the dead. Yeah. So, yeah, was able to go leave an offering and kind of just be there on my own. Unfortunately, every other time I've gone, it has been after. But I still go. I I take it. Yeah. I literally t- just I take, can't get up close. I take a tour. I take those tours every single time I go. I've taken them a million times. That's like I take a ghost tour every time I'm in Savannah. Exactly. You have to. You have to. And yeah, so I wasn't able to obviously leave an offering. They've, like you said, they've restored it and it. they've tried to restore it. You can still see there's like carvings in, in it, which is sad, but yeah. they try to restore it. Was it was also they...
0: painted pink at one point. Yeah, with exactly. With really damaging paint yes. and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah.
1: And so now there's like uh, a rope. That doesn't let you pass. It's like Jim Morrison's
0: grave, which also reminds me of, in the same cemetery in Paris, Père Lachaise, Oscar Wilde's tomb, which is also above ground. And it's shaped in this like wild person with wings coming out the back. It's really wild. But there are lipstick kisses all over it, which I did desecrate the shit out of that because he's (laughs) one of my favorite human beings that's ever existed and I think he would get a real fucking kick out of it. Yeah, so. that makes sense. That one makes sense. I dug around in my bag, grabbed that. It's one of the three pictures on the trip I took to Paris with my dad that we took. <laughs> it was Jim Morrison's grave, Surratt's grave, and Oscar Wilde. And
1: I think that those are <laughs> the only three pictures you need, to be honest. That's all I needed. Yeah. I didn't
0: even get an Eiffel Tower picture. It's just locked in the old, old noggin. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that. I'm really bad with
1: pictures. Oh, so I bad. am all about experiencing the moment as you're living it. But yeah, I do actually have a picture of the last time I went.
0: Uh, we'll post it up on Insta. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll you, put some of our New Orleans stuff. I, I know you have a gree gree
1: Yeah. It was a gift from my bridal party and it was these binding love binding dolls. I oh, still have cute. it. We still give offerings to it all the time.
0: Yeah. And, and you're it's, like, it's actually in my altar. It's, <laughs> it's
1: it's on my altar. That's sweet. Yeah. It's super sweet. And I love it because it's it's cute because David always makes sure to give. He's like, make sure you put an offering there. So that's really cute. Aww. Yeah. So definitely put some pictures up of that as well as the tomb.
0: Yeah. Keep an eye on it. Yeah. So Marie just lived. She just lived this wild life and had, I would think, such a blast. I'm sure plenty of hardship, especially losing five children. I didn't know that. That's horrifying.
1: Yeah. People but- say that. Also, people mentioned that she was like really wealthy but most or people thought she was really wealthy but most people said she lived a pretty modest life
0: Yeah, that would make sense so yeah I mean with her death none of the lore and stories about her have stopped I think maybe they slowed down at some point but there has always been legends around her and one of the biggest ones is that perhaps she did not in fact pass away Perhaps she provided exactly the right sacrifice or received favor from God or her her West African gods and goddesses. I feel like you have a person that is
1: that powerful and leaves such a big mark on the world or a, of a certain community. Like, think about it. Like, we've heard that about Elvis. Right. Tupac. Yeah. You all know, all those people, that all are those people are there, like, quote unquote they're still, yeah, they're still alive.
0: Yeah. And. Yeah, so maybe she found a voodoo immortality spell that granted her eternal beauty and youth. Maybe it wasn't even her. Maybe she is actually, Angela Bassett is actually Marie Laveau. I was going to say that earlier and I hesitated, (laughs) but I shouldn't have hesitated because we're right on the same page. Okay, (laughs) purpose her, oh my God. And it could, okay, so maybe it wasn't her at all. It could have been that the sightings of Marie noted after her death were a decades younger version of her, it could have also been her daughter, Marie-Eloise. That sounds
1: like a more...
0: Who... Yeah. That sounds like that a seems more, more... feasible. That's yeah, like more feasible. Seems simple. Exactly. But interestingly, Marie-Eloise seemed to walk right in her mother's footsteps had the same engagement and conversations and interactions with the wealthy clientele, with the servants that she worked with, and continued those relationships in a way that felt very authentic to Marie Laveau. She even continued some of the ceremonies and bigger events to keep Marie Laveau's name going. She is called Marie the Second, and I don't believe that she would correct people if they called her by her mother's name, mm-hmm. which is great. So no one was ever quite sure.
1: You know, I'm, yeah, it makes me think, I'm like, are there any living descendants? There are.
0: There and are. they are, okay. uh, I can't remember her name, but she's been in the news recently. Uh, I think her granddaughter, great granddaughter is an activist.
1: Oh my God. How
0: cool. I have to think of her name, but
1: please, I got, or we got to Google awesome. because I, I mean, how cool would that be to be a descendant from, Marie Laveau.
0: Marie effin Laveau. Ugh. Can't believe it. Yeah, that's some power. That's some just innate mm-hmm. ancestral She was born power. with it. Yeah. She was born with it. So, you know, again, with her death, it didn't really stop Marie because, of course, she's haunting the whole city. Of course. The whole city. She um, is the city. So I have this story of her old cottage at 152 Rue Street in St. Anne. And it's now located at 1020 St. Anne, if anyone wants to pop by. So legend has it that she received this home for helping an affluent man free his son from murder charges. It's been told that Marie held three peppers in her mouth while infusing them with her intentions. She then hid the peppers under the seat of the presiding judge and then nailed a cow's tongue under the seat of the prosecutor, which apparently impaired his speech and left him unable to adequately present his case. The son was found innocent, and Marie received her new home. That is
1: intense. Bomb.
0: That's the bomb. That's now, that <laughs> might not be true. <laughs> it is more historically plausible that the land was actually purchased by her grandmother and then was passed down to her. But that is a but much that's, that's, less fun story. Yeah, that is just not as fun. And so that original home was torn down in 1903 but she's said to still haunt that location and the new home that was built there. And also just whoever the tore that down. That sucks. They yeah, could have. Uh, yeah. I mean, it might've literally been falling to pieces, maybe. And unusable, but maybe. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it smells like gentr- gentrification to me, but yes, if you know, if a building is literally falling apart, I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, she is still said to haunt that neighborhood. She's seen in a white dress and a tin yun, which is the name for the folded fabric turban that she would often wear and that you see her pictured in. Uh, and then it's often seen on her head to be folded into seven points to look like a crown because she'd a queen. So the home now is used as a hashtag Airbnb vacation rental. <laughs> oh, God. As is most of American cities at this point. Yeah,
1: especially in New Orleans. And There's international. every single, yeah.
0: So... A few years ago, I don't know when, a couple, some couple, decided to come to New Orleans for a relaxing vacation and thought it would be interesting to stay at the site of the old Laveau house. All right, I might feel the same way. So after they toured the French Quarter, they returned to the house for the night, and later the sounds of chanting and drumming cut through the night, and the couple wrongfully assumed the noise was coming from outside. The husband checked outside to find nothing, and because he was curious, he walked around the block towards the park and he found nothing but silence. When he entered back into the house, he came to the realization that the sound of chanting and drums was emanating from the living room. The couple, unnerved by this strangely eerie experience, decided they were not going to sleep there that (laughs) night and promptly left.
1: Yeah, I don't think that would get them the refund from airbnb
0: i doubt it airbnb is a real piece of shit (laughs) they are (laughs) upon returning the following morning they walked to the center of the living room where the wife noticed a single pristine feather laying on the ground which is marie laveau's calling card
1: wow
0: crazy she checked all the windows in the house they were all locked so of course they left and never returned okay so maybe we have to do like an episode from that Airbnb. rental yeah yeah i mean <laughs> that'd be kind knock, of cool knock, let me in yes and i'm have, too scared i don't no, want to
1: i know and have all the lights on and have maybe 10 other people with us and I'd be like
0: can you hear it and, and we ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh god okay i have another scary story embrace yourself
1: oh gosh i'm braced
0: a man named elmore banks which is like the greatest southern old man named elmore, elmore banks banks had another experience near San Luis Cemetery No. 1 in the mid-1930s when an old woman came into the drugstore where he was a customer. For some reason, she left the proprietor feeling frightened, and he quickly proceeded to run off to the back of the store. The woman laughingly asked Elmore Banks, Don't you know me? To which Banks replied, No, ma'am. The woman, angered by his answer, slapped him across the face. She then jumped up in the air and levitated out the door and over the top of the telephone wires. When she passed over the graveyard wall to San Luis Cemetery, number one, she vanished into thin air. As you might imagine, Banks was terrified, and the sight of a levitating woman left him passed out cold. He was revived by the store proprietor, who gave him whiskey and informed him that was Marie Laveau.
1: Wow, that's a great story. Oh, this woman. I mean, I would not mind being slapped by Marie
0: Laveau, but but I would never dare be like, I don't know who you are. I know. I know. I mean, I would probably just make the guess. And oh, if yeah. I was wrong, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> maybe maybe the old woman would be flattered. She'd be like, oh, it's funny that you think that's who I am. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thanks and have a good night. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I so, mean, go ahead. No, please. I was just going to talk about our offering for the week. Oh, eight. yeah. All right. Now, this is something Amber and I have been talking about lately and have not actually tried. So, we're going to go through what we've learned about it, what we know about it and offer it to you to join us in trying maybe before the next episode.
1: Yeah. And then please please contact us, let us know how it went. Yeah, take pictures. Take pictures, send Just us curious. information, let us know how it went, what you thought.
0: Yeah, this is so the, this is crystal gridding. And this so crystal gridding harnesses natural frequencies of crystals. And it, re- it relies on the shapes in sacred geometry to make a kind of a circuit. And when you mix that with intention and focus, voila, a mm. crystal grid is born. Why would we do a crystal grid? Good question. Thank you for asking. So when you're harnessing <laughs> and working with subtle vibrations, that allows for major influences on our surroundings and in our lives. That so makes complete sense. Totally. That's like a big part of working with crystals is like the vibrations might not be overt but you can still harness them and and add them to your power
1: to mm-hmm. harnessing that energy harness.
0: yeah okay here's how it goes begin by setting out the altar grid cloth and we have a cloth that has a uh, mandala on it a mandala
1: man yeah mandala, mandala.
0: and You can get any kind of altar cloth, just whatever feels right to you. Like we said before, whatever feels right to you. So you're going to want to set your altar grid cloth out, cleanse your crystals in your preferred method. So I usually run them under cold water if they're small enough and if they're not porous. Yep. And I might also uh, use a bell to ring above them. I don't know what you do, Amber. Oh,
1: full moon. So my two big things is full moon. Mm -hmm. On a full moon, lay them out as... As long as you have like a secured backyard, I have heard of stories of people getting their crystals stolen. I would just be heartbreaking. Um, so, yeah, full moon, lay them out in the nighttime, let the moon clean their energies and give them new energy. And, you know, try to bring them back before sunrise yeah. or, you know, a little after. You just don't want them baking in the sun.
0: Yep. Or I use my singing bowl. Yeah, I love that. See, so, yeah, I love sound as a cleansing tool. I think that's cool. Yeah, and you
1: know, you might miss a full moon or, yeah. and you know, how or new moon, you can use new or moon new energy. moon as well, you know, but if you can't, you don't want to wait, what, another yeah, 20, 30 options. days, there's other options.
0: Totally. So you've got your clean crystals, you've got your altar cloth out. So this is a ritual. So do what you do, you know, light candles, play music, get yourself in the zone, open a, you know. Cast a circle, cast a circle, all of that. Do the salt, call all the your, elements, call your people. Just you just need to align whatever your you energy. need to do, whatever you do, and you're gonna take a labradorite. Oh, <laughs> I messed so, this up earlier. I feel like so I've always called close. it labradorite.
1: I, you know, I feel like I have always called it the same, but, but it I is actually. It. Actually,
0: Amber Googled it, and it's Labradorite. Labradorite. Y'all are probably laughing at us right now. I know, now, but I know. So the place Labradorite Tower in the center. And this is going to become your focus stone. And the reason we're using Labradorite is because it allows a real focus point for the frequencies to the like create a direct line to the cosmos. So especially in the form of a tower like that, it's, it's pointing directly up to the heavens, and it's allowing the kind of single access point to get your message where it needs to go, which is great. So then <laughs> you're going to take the rest of the crystals that you have, and this can be anything you want, any power that you're looking for, any crystals that are speaking to you at the moment, bring them all. You can have as many as, or as little as you want. So you're going to take those and arrange them around the tower. There is definitely a way, you know, there are there are inspirations and guides out there. You can totally Pinterest it, whatever you do, if you got books on crystals They'll give you some pointers, or just go and,
1: off of your intuition. But that's what I, I that's what I always that's say. I'm live.
0: like, just go. I, that's where exactly. That's I where, where I live in I live. intuition just land. L- listen to your gut, your intuition, your your spirit guide, whatever you call it. Right. So if there are particular shapes that you're leaning towards, do that. It's it tends to be exactly what you need. And you can also put out any kinds of trinkets or items like you know dried flowers, photographs other bits and pieces, candles, whatever that feel right to you that will help enhance your message and then you'll want to write your intention, fold it, and place it under the Labradorite tower in the center. Now, to activate your grid, you can take a pendulum or a crystal amulet that's turned into a pendulum and let it dangle over your tower and you can imagine a beam of light flowing directly from the pendulum to the Labradorite Labradorite. crystal and then if you kind of do like Like spirals out from there. Imagine that light encircling and creating a kind of golden path around the rest of the crystals around the grid and then coming back around all the way down to the center that activates and brings power back to the center where the message is going to be flowing from. So I would then spend a few minutes or however long you want focusing on your intention, keeping that grid active, and then. Leave it up, you know, keep it dust free. Hang out with it for however many Chill days. Chill with it, have weeks, a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea, write down journal, write down your intentions and feelings that you're, your, your messages that you're getting through yeah, it's, while it's you're sitting like there. Yeah, it's
1: like this energy source. That, yeah, exactly. That you and, it,
0: can... and it definitely, you know, becomes a kind of altar to visit with every day in the same way that, you know, your personal altar might live in a space for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I am excited to try this. I, I, I love really, trying new things and this seems... This seems pretty great. Yeah, it seems definitely up my alley. Exactly. And I have a lot of crystals, so. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be
1: gritting all types of.
0: Chris said, I have too many. And I you said, can... why do you think I like you? It's because your name is Chris. And it sounds like crystals. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: kind of. That would be. I'm not going to it say it's not it Yeah, is it a true story? We will never know. We may never know. Yeah, I just, I don't think you can have too many crystals. I, I agree. I... Oh, I probably have a problem with spending too much
0: money. Hey, on listen, crystals. we don't need
1: to talk about finances. Yeah, let's,
0: let's not talk about <laughs> finances. Anywho. It's a perfect way to spend your money. Yeah. exactly.
1: But, but do not listen to our financial advice on yeah, crystals. Please.
0: Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I want to see pictures though. So if you do some crystal gritting or you have an altar or you're, you know, maybe you're doing a Marie Laveau altar just to get some of her power going in your yeah. life, send us a picture. Yeah. Send us a picture
1: uh, on either via our email, yeah. which is magicandmythospodcast at gmail.com or you can contact us through our page, through our website, I mean, and that is podcast. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. And I hope you enjoyed learning about Marie Laveau or just maybe refamiliarizing yourself with Marie Laveau yeah and if you if you did enjoy it please leave us a review oh all, yeah all reviews are super appreciated it helps us especially if they're five stars if your heart wait, wait. desires or wishes to leave us a five-star review
0: I got to light a five-star review <laughs> candle right exactly. now exactly in my mind
1: yes and so it really does help us to you know expand to everyone out there who yeah. might want to find us, us up or... in the search bar exactly And then, you know, don't forget, we'll be posting up some pictures and you can find those at our Instagram, which is at magic and mythos. You can also visit us Twitter, which is at underscore magic and mythos. And Facebook is just magic and mythos podcast.
0: Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah. And until next time, remember as above, so below.